Hi everyone, my name is Grace and welcome to this episode of Gracie Kenyan Diaspora and Returnee. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're so glad that you've joined us. This podcast is a forum for discussing everything diaspora and life as a returnee. I'm so excited to host this podcast today because I'm joined by Solomon Wangwe, who is the MD and founder of Goshen Acquisitions and Grand Acres. Hey Solomon. Sasa. Poor Sana, how are you? I'm so blessed. Oh, thank you. I like hearing that. It's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Mm. So today we will be discussing life in the diaspora. You are a former diaspora, so why don't you go into it and tell us about that? When did you go there? How was it? How I became a diaspora. Yes. All right. Well, uh, as, as, with everyone else, I was born born in uh, in Kenya a long time ago <laughs> uh, in the 70s late 70s okay um, to amazing parents I said in another session uh, once before that my siblings and I won the lottery on parents mm. um, Japheth and Nelly shout out <laughs> to you mom and dad <laughs> shout out yeah um, and uh, raised uh, raised in Kenya like everyone else, primary school, jumped up around here and there a little bit, ended up uh, doing high school in the bushes of Kikuyu. Mm -hmm. um, and then right after high school, uh, as with most people in my generation, there was this big uh, shift for studying in the US. Yes. So I. Um, I did the thing, you know, you do computer classes after high school, mm -hmm. you apply, you do your SATs and TOEFL exams and all that. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I got into a, a couple of unis, accepted my application. Uh, the way we chose the one I was going to go to was where I had the closest relative <laughs> in case yeah. of emergencies. <laughs> yes. uh -huh. That happened to be Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Because uh, I had my cousin, my late cousin, Eric uh, Cavio. Uh, had preceded me, I think, by about uh, maybe a year almost. Mm -hmm. And he was in Savannah mm -hmm. uh, State University, and I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to have him there. He sort of oriented me and my ushambaness and <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> how to get this that and the other done. Yeah. So that's what that's how I ended up in the U.S. to study architecture. Mm -hmm which I was really excited about. That's all I ever wanted to be was an architect. Even before I knew what an architect was, mm -hmm. people would ask you, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an architect. <laughs> yeah. And a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Uh, I loved my time in the US mm -hmm. uh, as an international student. Yes. So SCAD, uh, if uh, most people are not aware, is an international school. Mm -hmm. At the time, I enrolled 60% of the students who are international from oh, other parts of the world. Yes, So yes. that was awesome. I got to yes. interact with people from everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very expensive school. Yeah, I can imagine. Because uh, you, it wasn't like an in-state university where you were just paying cheaper. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing cheap for in the international mm -hmm. students. Yeah. Uh, I believe it or not, this was uh, beginning of 1999. So I landed in the US. Mm. December 29th, mm -hmm. uh, 1998. Yeah. Um, we were paying $25,000 a year in just for tuition. 
back then. Back then, That's yeah. That's a lot of money. Back then, that was nuts. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you add in accommodation and food and art supplies, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how my, my folks managed to do that. Mm. Uh, but they made enormous sacrifices, as you know, most of our parents back home tend to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to, to give us the best food forward. Mm. And um, I was enrolled on a five-year master's degree program. It was one of the few schools in the world at the time mm -hmm. that was accredited to issue a master's degree after five years of enrollment. Mm. So normally when you do architecture, you do, um, even here back home, it's actually here, it's a bit worse. Here you do six years for a bachelor's. Yes. Then you, you do pupillage or internship, then you come back for a master's, mm -hmm. which is another two years. Yeah. Um, in the US, it was five years for a bachelor's. Mm -hmm intern for two yeah come back for two years to get a master so oh, nice. it's normally nine years to yeah. get a master's degree if you're back to back to back yes. you know yeah but scad mm. for whatever reason was accredited to issue you do five years leave with a master's that's it so you reduce your students yeah, your schooling by four years awesome yeah oh, wow, so nice. despite the expense yeah you know there was motivation to keep going yeah unfortunately yes. my dad got um um, retrenched was the word. Oh. I remember reading in the papers when uh, former president, the late uh, Kibaki, mm. came into office. Uh, he had this create employment opportunities for the youth. Yeah. So he retrenched most, well, a bunch of civil servants over 50 years of age. Oh. Mm. And my dad was, yeah. Mm. And that was so disruptive to the families finances finances and we're not rich mm. uh, we're a typical middle class uh, Kenyan famo mm. <laughs> um, and I was in a very expensive school. school yes and and so I started to not take full loads of class yeah which meant I violated my student visa yes which was distressing but I was like you know it's, it's okay mm. I'll keep going yeah um, and um, at some point, I applied for assistance, mm. financial aid, mm. but the school there uh, actually got a meeting with the CFO of the school. It was a bit of a cold, you know, white gentleman. I, I forget his name. <laughs> you were in the South. What did you expect? Yeah. I, did, I had nothing. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. yeah. Guy from Langata. Uh, I'm in the States. Yay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was it was rough. Black man in the south, yeah, yeah. wanting student assistance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. So he, he basically said, "Listen, when you applied for your uh, uh, whatever they call it, the the student visa, you know the letter that they send you. Yes, I forget the name. I twenty. I twenty. When when you applied yeah. and we sent you I twenty, you, you had to prove you could afford the mm -hmm. school fees, which you did. Yeah, which it, is why we issued the I twenty. Yes." Now that you're here, mm -hmm. it's too late. Yeah. You were better off asking before you came. Oh, and cold. we would have easily given you a full ride even mm. based on the strength of your grades or, mm. uh, you know, excellence in some art form or whatever. But as if you would have also predicted that your dad was going to be retrenched, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a, such a distressful time. Yeah. And my folks were freaking out uh, in this far off land. Mm. Uh, and uh, so by then, 
I had visited home once. Mm -hmm. I came home for December 1999 because mm. we have to usher in. Yes. Y2000, <laughs> oh, Y2K. Yes. All the computers were going to crash. <laughs> right. And the money world will be. Maybe would have ended. You needed to oh, be yeah. home. <laughs> you need to be here for when the ATM starts spitting out yeah. cash. Yes. <laughs> when the world ended. Yeah. So I was here and then I never went back home. I couldn't mm. because when I violated my student visa, yeah. I was too travel. afraid to, to come home because yeah. then how am I going to come back? Mm. I'm trying to get back into school. Yeah. So finally in my third year after breaks here and there, mm. the school, even though they refused to give me uh, a scholarship of some sort, mm. they, they offered me a student loan. Mm but it only covered one out of the three classes I would have to take every quarter to yeah. maintain my student visa status. Mm. But Were I you working it. at this time? Yeah, I was working on campus. Yeah. Um, I started in the school uh, library, mm. um, which was boring, boring, worst job <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, was, I think I was making, <laughs> what, $3.75? Yeah an hour and, mm. and you couldn't work more than 20 hours a week and then that doesn't do anything because you're in an international school yes yeah yeah mm -hmm. my school supplies alone were i it was crazy mm. i mean uh, doing architecture doing any any form of the arts mm. where you're buying canvas and paint and blah 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 it's, yeah. it was crazy oh wow, wait let's stop there because all i was thinking of was books you know how at the mm. beginning of the semester you'd go to the textbook mm. center mm. version Yes. But you had other supplies to buy during yes, yes, the semester. Yes, yes, yes. I had to oh, buy wow. model making mm. uh, supplies because yes. you have to do models for your buildings yeah. and uh, special projects and it was, it was quite expensive. Mm. Uh, so I just stuffed it out yeah. um, the best I could. Uh, I took the $2,000 every quarter mm. in student loan um, until finally it just didn't make sense. Yeah, to continue. Yeah, and even they started to give me problems mm. because I wasn't paying back. Right. Uh, I couldn't. Yeah. And so in my third year, I dropped out of, of school. Okay. Um, and so the idea was, let me try and find a cheaper school maybe. Mm. Mm. I can transfer credit, but even to transfer my credits, mm. I needed to clear I, I, yes. you know, $5,000. Yeah, the arrears. Arrears, mm -hmm. which wasn't coming. Yeah. Yeah. Every coin I made was just to pay my rent and, mm. you know, basic food, Roma noodles. Yeah. Uh, just so I wouldn't, you know, die of starvation. <laughs> of <di> yes. <laughs> and have to be repatriated back home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, there was no way I was coming home with my tail between my legs. Yeah. That was my thing. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Mm. I'm not going home without a degree. Yeah. I've spent so much time here. My folks have sacrificed whatever mm. i have to go back with something mm. you know yeah. and so i kept telling myself that uh and before i knew it um, 11 years had gone by mm. so someone might be wondering there are so many people who go to school and they are studying and working off campus why weren't you working off campus because i was afraid to lie yeah um I was afraid to lie about my my visa mm -hmm. restrictions mm -hmm. and getting uh, that fake social security card. Yeah, yes. man, I yes. all my all my friends were doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone thought I was an idiot. Yeah. I was slow. Mm. Um, I I genuinely had a crisis of conscience about 
I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So fortunately for me though, um, the lady who was my landlord mm -hmm. after I defaulted on rent so many times. Yeah. God bless her soul. Susan Hewitt. Mm -hmm. I remember her name to this day. She was a Susan. wealthy southern lady. Yeah. Uh, she lived uh, in a very exclusive island, the plantations, I think oh. is what it was called, mm -hmm. uh, where all the wealthiest people in Savannah live. Yeah. She owned, I think, like 60 buildings all over Savannah downtown. Wow. Which she purpose uh, rehabbed. Mm. For student housing because mm. savannah is you know savannah is a student is a yeah, college city it is college town college town yeah, yeah and uh, one day one day she um she made time to ask me like what's the deal dude you're mm. always late mm. uh, i mean i want to i want to i don't want to be mean and kick you out because i know your family is back in africa yeah i'm sure she imagines some you know mm. <laughs> jungle somewhere right. people running around half naked yeah uh, you own vast amount of land <laughs> you know yeah yeah and uh, so I explained to her you know it's financial hardship at home mm. I have to rely on mom and dad because mm. uh, I'm not allowed to work off of campus yeah and she said weren't you working uh, for this for, for, for the school during the the holidays the mm. breaks mm. Like yeah, because it was allowed. You could yeah, work you on could. campus, yes. And we worked with the uh, maintenance crew. Mm. And she and and I actually I, I I learned how to paint really good. So she gave me a job immediately, mm. painting her buildings, ah. just to keep them fresh. Yes. With sixty buildings, you, you're constantly painting. It's true, yeah. Um, and so she was paying me. It was three hundred dollars, three hundred and something dollars a week. Mm -hmm. What an upgrade yeah. from the library job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, suddenly I had a, a little bit of relief. At least mm. I could pay rent without defaulting. Mm -hmm. I, could, I could buy, you know, food just to sustain myself. Yeah. Um, but that was a very difficult time. Mm. Um, I, was, I, was a, I was a bit depressed. Yeah about the situation mm. not trying to put the pressure on my folks my folks would call and ask me how i was doing i'm like it's, it's all good mm. uh, you know yeah i haven't slept hungry yet yeah um and then around that time i i purposely started to look for things i could do mm. legally yeah to make more money so that hopefully I can even pay my arrears and maybe get back to class because I only had two years to go yeah. and I live with a master's. Oh man, I mean, yeah. It was so close yet so far. So far, yeah. Um, and that's when I discovered, um, I, you know those infomercials that play late at night? Oh yes. For depressed people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling low? Right. <laughs> And the voice is exactly like that. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I'd yeah. forgotten about them, by the oh way. Oh my yes. God! It's the psychology. Those guys are just—it's uh, yeah. something else. So I remember watching one of these infomercials. It was for a guy called uh, Ron Legrand. <laughs> you remember his name? Oh, I do. Man, that guy saved my life. Yeah. Ron Legrand was teaching or selling these courses how you could buy real estate with no money down, ah, no credit, yes, and no cash. Seemed. So good to yeah, be true, and make five thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars a month. Yes. I was like, what? Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So I I swiped a credit card I had no business uh, swiping. Buy this now for nine ninety nine. Really? 
Yeah, on the credit it's not my money. Right. And still, yeah. I'm sure the show was only telling you for 9.99 only. It was <laughs> something no, no, yeah, like it that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, there was the, the starter package, and then you had to buy extras mm. to finish the right. the intro. Yeah. By the time it was all said and done, two two thousand bucks gone. Oh, okay. But because of that, mm. I night and day I locked myself in the room mm -hmm. and just read. Mm. Uh, just read and read, consumed mm, the whole, mm. the whole program. Yeah. And uh, and that got me started off on my, on on my real estate journey. Yeah. Um, started flipping houses. I became a bird dog. Mm. Uh, making some decent money. Yeah. But not enough. Mm. Not quite enough to. Yeah, to complete to go college. Back to school, to yeah. go back to school, yeah. Yeah, then I moved states. Mm. My girlfriend at the time mm. got employed. Yeah. Uh, to North Carolina. Yeah. I chased her up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I kept doing this bird dog thing. Mm. Uh, I was there for three years and, and then she dumped me. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Were you broke? That's why. Uh, <laughs> no, actually. Um, if I had proposed, she would have said yes. Okay. Despite my brokenness. Yeah. Uh, she she stuck by me. Mm, um, yeah, I get a bit emotional thinking about that one. But um, yeah, she stuck by me, and but she dumped me because mm. I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't progressing. Yeah. And she was ready. Mm. So I moved up to DC. Mm. I joined my cousin up there. Yeah. Moots. Kennedy Mutio, <laughs> shout out to you. Kennedy was <laughs> closest thing I've ever had to a brother. Mm. He picked me up, uh, moved all my my belongings, mm. everything fit in a, like half a moving truck. Yeah. Uh, and he was flipping houses in DC, mm. and I joined him. Yeah. We did that until 2008 when the market came crashing. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Like how many times can you be beat in one lifetime? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh -huh. I was like, just when you were starting to pick up steam, because DC yeah. was a lot more rewarding mm. than North Carolina. Yes. I mean, what I made on a deal in North Carolina, mm. I'd make 20, 60 times yeah. the same yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And, and so just when things were starting to pick up steam, thanks to Kennedy, uh, my cousin, you know, sort of making space for me up there. Mm. Market crashed, and and so I moved down to Texas. Another cousin of mine, Beatrice, mm. um, took me in. Uh, I was it feels like I was a constant refugee, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, I slept on my girlfriend's couch for three years uh, in North Carolina. I would dump you, by the way. Sorry. I would. Anyway, I, I, I would I, not blame you. I would dump you. I would not blame you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beatrice did the same thing. I slept on her couch for three to four months, mm -hmm. and she's like, "You know what, Solo? You just come down. Yeah, we'll find something. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. I got you covered." Uh, she was a godsend, and um, while I was there, I got a job doing sales, door-to-door -door mm -hmm. sales. Mm -hmm. Except I wasn't an employee; mm -hmm. I was an independent contractor. All oh, right, yeah, getting so at ten ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't violating any yeah. any any of the immigration laws around mm. employment and so on. Yeah. And I did that until 2009 when I came back home. Yeah. God, you've said so much in this podcast. Mm. Um, I, I was even just thinking how you started off with why you chose Savannah, Georgia. Mm. And this is why I like the podcast is everyone has their own different experience, you know? Uh, for me, I actually went against that. 
So uh -huh. my cousins were in Dallas, Texas. It's where my dad kept wanting me to go. But mm. I wanted to be somewhere different because I remember thinking Kenyans are in Atlanta, in Dallas, you know, they're in Boston, Houston, Houston yeah, yeah. and I wanted to build a life of my own. I didn't want to go and follow the path that others had laid. Mm. So I found myself in Illinois State University, two hours south of Chicago. I'm sure you don't even know where that is. Bloomington Normal is where I went. Yeah. Many people used to go to U of I and other places, but I went to Illinois State. Okay. Um, and as you were talking, I realized how grateful I am that I got a scholarship. So my parents mm. only paid for the first semester. Wow. And then I got a full scholarship. That's awesome. What, so how did that happen? How it was, did you... for me, luckily, it was a graduate assistantship. So I did okay. my undergrad here, Daystar University. Then I went uh, abroad got for you. the MBA. Yes, yes, yes. And they literally paid for everything. So because I went in January of 2003, uh, they, were already, they had already done the budget for graduate assistantship. Yeah, and so I finished that semester, but even during the semester, they were already taking uh, applications for the next school year. Okay. And I applied for the graduate assistantship, and it, it paid for tuition, and then I got a stipend of $700 a month. And where we were staying, uh, it was a graduate, uh, I don't want to call it a dorm, because they were like mm. housing. It was right. actually housing. Right, right. I had a roommate, and literally the 700 paid for everything. Uh, nice. But there's something you said that was so similar to me. I was also so scared the whole time I was in the U.S. to break that visa. Yeah. So even during that time, during the breaks, I wasn't getting paid for it. But I was working as a dishwasher. I was serving. During the school breaks, they always have bands coming to compete in different schools. Wow. So the dining halls get busy and that's what I was doing. No way. Yeah, for seven dollars an hour. DH, wow, Kabisa. Imagine. That was if, a hard one. <laughs> and I remember one of the guys we were working with uh, in the dining hall, actually as I've looked at your size, I've remembered he was about your height, mm. but a little more uh, heavier. And one time we were talking and he told me, you know, Grace, uh, you could apply for disability income. So I'm looking at him like, what? And he said, yeah, you're under five foot, aren't you? Yeah, apparently below five foot is disability. I have never forgotten that. I called my mom. Are yeah. you serious? And she's like, Grace, don't let anyone tell you anything. I'm like, mom, I'm okay with my height, but I've never forgotten. Being five foot is, below five foot is considered to be a disability. That's what he said. Where? I never bothered. I've never found myself to be of needing not. disability. Yeah, like, I even love my to, height. You come to, uh, come, uh, to villages. There's lots of people who should be collecting I mean, let's start with my mother for one, right? right. Yeah, but, you know, it's true. True story there. Um, that's but, crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what he told me. But the experiences. And then later on, as you've shared, um, I've realized life also prepares you for the next thing. So, yes, it would have been good if you graduated. Mm. But imagine you got the chance to paint, um, so you learned that, you got into sales, that's kind of what you're doing right now, you flipped houses, so mm. life got you into real estate that way. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, this is whole theory made famous by Steve Jobs, connecting the dots, mm. uh, everything sort of works together yeah. to to make a way for you in the mm -hmm. future yeah it's difficult to see when you're in, in the middle of it yes and to be honest it doesn't always work out that way for everyone true but that was certainly the case for me mm. um, and uh, regardless of the hardship I went through I 
I would wake up every single day mm. excited about life. Yeah. Uh, there was something in the air oh, yeah. about about my time in the US, mm. despite being an illegal immigrant for mm. <laughs> six <laughs> for six years after leaving school. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 an experience I'll never forget, and uh, a lot of people had it much tougher. Mm. Um, I know people who lost loved ones' parents, and they couldn't leave to come bury yeah. their loved ones. Yeah, yeah. That broke my heart every single time. Yeah. I could not imagine uh, being in that situation. Mm. Others, um, others encouraged me to to. Uh, uh, <clears throat> to to pay some chick so we could be married mm. and then oh, yes. divorce later yes. so I can I get my green that. card uh -huh. and I just you like, do it. that was not computing in my head yes no, besides that my girlfriend would have murdered me <laughs> right <laughs> but I have friends who actually did that mm. um, and some relatives too yeah uh, who did that and you know I don't <clears throat> um, at the time, I used to think poorly of them mm. for resorting mm. to, mm. to that sort of thing. Mm. But <clears throat> later on, especially after I left, I realized what, what other choices did they have? Really? Yeah. And you know, you um, look back at diaspora life and you realize everyone's journey is different and they do yes, what they have to do. And I couldn't judge anymore. Yeah. And in fact, I today I have a lot of compassion for people mm. who uh, are still there trying to, you know, make a life and come out of the shadows. Yeah. Um, and even those who had paperwork, mm. you know, I have friends and family who've tried to come back home. Mm. After three months, they're like, I, I always make, they go back. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, everyone's journey is different, like you say, and yeah. it's just a matter of uh, putting your best foot forward. True. I look forward to discussing with you about your returnee journey mm -hmm. um, shortly. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And to our audience, thank you for listening. Have a great day, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.